This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Here we go again. This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Hey, what's up? This is your host, Jesse Carter. Pro Wrestling Shoot. It's about to get exciting. Pro Wrestling Shoot. How long is this going to last? Pro It's finally here, James. We are in season three. Welcome back to the Pro Wrestling Shoot. I am Jesse Carter, your host. My co-host, James Bernard Jr., is sitting right beside me. Dude, are you excited for this, man? It's a new era for us. New era, money, more discussions, and this is just the perfect one to start off with. I think uh, we got a lot to discuss on this, and uh, it's just the beginning, people, so get ready for so many discussions and... uh, so much that should you know what would have happened if this didn't occur practically what if yes sir the pro wrestling shoot is in the house timothy present thank you i can't wait for this to get started man Uh, i've been promoting the shit out of this for weeks um it's finally here man (laughs) we get to get our creative juices flowing um kind of break away from the norm but what we are going to do the same is right now we're going to do some uh, prestige announcements since uh, they've had some big ones. So uh, what what do they announce this week, James? Uh, we, we got another match, right? We got another match, and I believe they have five tickets left. It could have changed since I last saw it. But, uh, yes. Three tickets now. Three tickets. Um, so buy your tickets now, people. They're going to go away sooner than you think. Oh, and, <laughs> and before you announce that, too, so what I announced on Twitter is if we can get these last three balcony seats sold, which I'm hoping by the time you guys hear this, they are already gone. Um, if we can get those those seats sold, we are going to run a T-shirt giveaway from the Pro Wrestling Shoot, and you can pick it up. And this is only exclusive to people that are going to Roseland. Sorry, listeners. Um, this is just something that we're doing for um, Prestige Wrestling, and that's that's what a sponsor does is they help them sell tickets. And if we can get those last three seats sold, we're going to do the T-shirt giveaway, and I will announce the the rules and everything that you need to do on this podcast. So with that being said, James, go ahead and what what, what match are we getting? We are getting Warhorse, who has already been announced, and we got a surprise guest that we weren't expecting. Warhorse will be taking on one-on-one at Rosalind 2, Funny Bone at Rosalind 2. Just a crazy matchup. I was not expecting Funny Bone. I know you've seen him before, and I was just waiting. Funny Bone's a treat, man. He is a treat. I mean, he lives by his name, so it's it's an honor to see him. It's, I don't know if there might be more matches announced, but that's another addition, and, oh, man, what is that, like six, seven matches, Mal? We have seven matches announced officially for Prestige, and let me tell you, man, I still think there's a couple more coming. This is going to be a huge fucking card, and not only that, dude, um, they announced a Twitter exclusive, and me and uh, William from Prestige exchanged a couple of retweets together, Um, so it was a Twitter exclusive that, uh, for the first time ever, 
at Roseland 2, we will have prestige wrestling tag team champions. We have not had tag team champions before. Um, William got some belts made as an exclusive. I've actually seen these belts. Um, no, I will not leak no pictures. When he's ready to leak these pictures, they can have them. But they are beautiful belts. Um, I knew something was coming. I didn't know it was coming for Roseland. But I'm excited for that. We still have a couple of tag teams that haven't been announced. And I have a feeling, um, and sorry if I'm spoiling, uh, spoiling this, William, but um, we still have Midnight Heat that hasn't been announced for a match or C4. So uh, I'm just saying I think that's the tag match we're getting. I, don't quote me on it, but those two teams were, were already both announced for Roseland. So we'll see what happens, man. That sounds like a good idea to me. And it sounds like a party. And speaking of that, let's get this party started with the dirt. James, what you got for us? Man. What we got in the dirt today, people, we got, so obviously everyone knows, MJF and CM Punk killed it on last week's Dynamite with their promos, their promo off, and a certain person, Mr. Conan, actually had a problem with it. Um, Let me just let you guys chime in on this, or, sorry, it was Disco Inferno, my mistake, obviously Conan was there and I haven't really heard him say anything about AEW in a while. But um, Disco. Hold on, did you say Disco Inferno? Yes, Disco Inferno. Fucking bullshit! Yeah, same old, same old. Um, so he had a problem with it. He was thinking, and I kind of see where he was going with this. I want to see where you would think of this. So he practically was saying, or let me quote it: "You could have done an interruption in the middle of the whole entire promo, promo off. It was far from epic. From people were saying, I'm not sure about that comment." It was too long. They were kind of dragging it. And then you had Punk facing QT Marshall. And that took a while for him to beat him. It kind of felt like, from what, from what I'm getting, he is stating that it was like how they used to do for Raw. Two superstars would go in, bicker off, one guy gets a match, and that's the whole hour for the segment. You know, So I see where he's going with this. How do you take his comment with this? Do you agree with it in some assessment? Do you don't? I personally can see where he's going with this. I don't, I, you know, I mean, MJF did say Punk was facing these underrated stars. They should be beating like in, you know, five minutes. And he has to take about 15 minutes. And I get it putting him over, but I do see a limitation. You have to have a squash. And that's not what they're doing. And I can see how he says it of how Raw used to be like that. Would Do you agree with this? Well, let me tell you something, brother. I think that if they were to do what Disco Inferno is implying, that it would just be another rinse and repeat situation. Um, the good thing is, is we will get into these promos a little bit later in the show. Um, I do want to talk some AEW before we start our what if segment. But um, I think that Disco Inferno sees it. <laughs> sees wrestling back in the 1990s, man. And it's a, you know, it's hard to stay relevant and it's hard to do the same thing over and over and still be entertaining. Uh, today's wrestling fans are a lot different than they were back in the 1990s. Um, I think that the entertainment is a whole different factor. And like I said, we're, we're going to get in, we're going to talk about this, this promo a little bit later. Um, I just think it's a it's a different age, and AEW has some stuff to work out, and and 
they 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 are doing some great stuff right, you know. But um, at the same time, you know, CM Punk is still kind of working out his kinks, right? So I don't know, man. Um, I think that we I think that Punk is kind of coming out of his funk right now with with this promo. But at the same time, I mean, it's not a promo that I I don't know, man. Everybody lost their shit for this promo. And to me, it just wasn't, um, it was good. I'm not going to shit on it. I'm not going to shit on it. I had a fun time watching it, but the way that people marked out for it online, it just wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't watch it live. So when people were going off about it, I was like, all right, fuck, I'll go, I'll go rewatch Dynamite right now. So went and watched Dynamite, checked it out. And, um, dude, here's my problem with it. Okay. These guys, these guys come in and, do these promos, but it's just basically a bunch of shot taking, you know, there, there's no real entertainment factor in this. There, it's just, uh, it's just talking shit, but also shooting at the same time, I guess. And that's, that's what we're getting where it's not like the pro, like the golden promos that we used to get back in like the ruthless aggression or, or attitude era. This is just a, it's basically a shoot promo. And that's what fans are into now is just, uh, you know, they want some truth in it, and it's more, it looks to me more like a Jerry Springer show than ever. It's like, it's like shock ta- taking, if you will. You yeah, know? yeah, that's what it's, it is. It's, it's, you're uh, just taking shots at each other. That's Yeah, it's not like Jake the Snake promos when he did do them on, on AEW. It's just really, oh, well, you did this yeah. back in the day. You take your ass to the back and throw in shots and bringing up the, you know, WWE past and whatnot. I mean, I can see where Disco Inferno is looking at it in a sense where the whole segment is based off of punk for a whole 40 minutes. So I get what he's saying that they dragged that on. I mean, sh- there should there be a certain, I can see, I don't know if he's taking this from his WCW mindset and which probably is. Um, I think there is a couple of things you could change. Punk could have beat QT Marshall in maybe five minutes. And you could have, you could, you have broken down the, the shoot taking promos. Maybe. Maybe just a little bit, but you know, it was, it was good for a while. We haven't really seen punk in this element. And, um, in a, in a degree, I can somewhat agree with disco somewhat, but majority of the time he's usually in my case, different direction. Yeah, absolutely, man. We'll have to get into this promo a little bit later too, because, um, like I said, that there, there's a lot more that I want to say, but I want to save it for our AEW talk. Um, I guess we'll, we'll we'll dig we'll dig a little bit deeper in our dirt right now. What else do you got for us? So I'm obviously talking about MJF and uh, Punk actually brought this out and called him a cheap Miz. And uh, funny enough, Edge actually referred to AEW on Raw tonight. If you didn't know this, um, Edge actually I didn't watch Monday Night Raw. I didn't either, so I'm actually seeing this just now. So Edge. I guess he's going against Miz. I'm not sure what's going on. And Edge quoted this to Miz. You have people saying your name just to get a cheap reaction. You live rent-free in a lot of heads. And then he also threw something at him as well, referring to John Morrison and said that he left his partner dry and got him fired. Should there be? Damn, he said that on Monday Night Raw? Yes, he also made a reference. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know if this is a Vince McMahon thing. I don't know if this is the Edge thing. How do you feel about this? That I know a lot of people hate the idea when AEW does a little, you know, well, not even a little. They do a lot of shots toward WWE. 
how do you feel that they actually went off and actually said something about AEW? Obviously not to that capitalization. Maybe they're giving them praise. That's the way I took it. I, I, this is a little crazy to me. I, I kind of want to go back and watch it now. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about on today's promos, though, man. Like, today's promos are a lot different, and they, they, they're they more real-life-based, right? Like, they're not... There's no entertainment factor about it. Um, I just... Uh, I don't know, man. If you want to know about entertaining, look. So here, here's here's an entertaining promo. Let me uh, go ahead and play this for you. I actually have this pulled up right now. Here's here's like a promo that I'm kind of touching base with. It's it's more entertaining. It has nothing really to do with real life. It's all staying in character and keeping kayfabe, and it was straight entertaining. Like regardless, uh, you know. Granted, sorry, wrong word. This is The Rock doing this. So, um, but I pulled this promo up thinking about CM Punk and and the MJF promo and and nowadays promos and what fans like. And this is what I was entertained by. So let me just go ahead and run this clip. What'd you just say? No, 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 no. Doesn't matter what you just said. See, you shouldn't have said that. Rock was being a man, no problem. Picture for your son, no problem. Rock will tell you what you could do with that camera. You, Chico, Razor Ramon. You take that camera and shine it up real nice. And then what you do, you give it to your big buddy. Big Daddy Cool, Diesel. <laughs> you turn it sideways. And then you give it to him. Give it to Hogan. Hogan, you take that camera. It's already shined up. Turn sideways. Eat your vitamins. Say your prayers and stick it straight up. all oh, your candy asses. So, as you can tell, like, this is this is so quick of a promo, man. So quick. And it's so entertaining, and, and that's what I'm talking about about today's stars, is there will never be another Rock, there will never be another John Cena, and there will never be another Hulk Hogan or Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know what I mean? Like, these guys were special figures that I feel like a lot of us took for granted in, in our day, thinking that, oh, well, you know, WWE's so good at making other stars, um, it's, it's possible to do again. Um, Chris Jericho, another name. He he's he's one of the only guys that I feel like still has it in AEW. Um, I mean, not you know a lot of people have it. I guess that was a wrong choice of words. So there's a lot of good promos in AEW, but I mean, like he has that old school feel still to him. You know what I mean? And he knows how to work a mic, um, and stay in character rather than, you know, always taking the real shots. I guess. I mean, granted, he's done it too, <laughs> and and he says. And he says shit more than anybody that I've ever seen on TV. <laughs> That's just one of his <laughs> favorite words, I guess, in promo shoots. Yeah. And uh, so, but do you get what I'm saying? I mean, when it comes to promo style, it's it's so so much different. And, and, and the characters today, they just aren't as captivating for inter as entertainers, I guess. These guys are just basically taking shots. I mean, you know, it, it is good. And I love watching it. I'm not. I'm not knocking it. I'm just explaining the difference here to what we used to see compared to now. Like uh, a good promo to today's wrestling fans are basically just burying, you know, <laughs> just burying somebody in their real life. You know what I mean? Calling calling out shit that people know because today's wrestling fan is a smart mark. You know, that's just what it is. But um, I still appreciate wrestlers that can do it mjf is one of them so i'm not like saying that mjf can't cut a promo because that motherfucker stays in character 24 7 
So he can cut a promo as much of a dickhead as he is. Um, he's probably one of the best. And, and, and for, as for what punk said about Miz, Miz is great. And the difference between Miz and, and, uh, MJF is MJF sticks to the more real based, uh, not kayfabe style promos as compared to the Miz is mostly kayfabe and still tries to captivate and innervate and entertain that audience. Do you, do you feel what I'm saying? Yeah, and plus it was a different time. Like I, I mean, they didn't really. Let me rephrase that. I didn't watch obviously wrestling. I've stated a number of times I didn't watch wrestling in the '90s. So this was a different time. I didn't get into it when it was WCW and WF. So I'm pretty sure I could be wrong about this. They didn't really. I mean, did they make references to WCW? but like keep it to a minimum because I'm fucking pissed I'm fucking sick as fuck it's been cold out here (laughs) you know fuck this you know what I'm saying I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you people listen to James Pienaar tonight but nah fuck that fuck the dirt and I'm fucking pissed I got something to say I'm pissed off, you know, I usually don't listen to, you know, those dudes' segments on the, on the show. I don't listen to my own. And, you know, I decided, I said, you know, maybe since I'm on the show now, maybe those guys up their game, you know. So I decided to go ahead and listen. And you got, you got these fucktars, Jesse and James, meeting up at a bar. <laughs> Then <laughs> they're gonna leave the network, you know what I'm saying? All this shit that little do they know that I put together. These dudes are pissed off because I'm the star of the show. These dudes are pissed off because I'm bringing in the ratings. I'm bringing in the listens. I'm bringing in the ears. I'm I'm fucking living. You motherfuckers, you ungrateful motherfuckers, let me tell you something. You ain't going nowhere. You hear me? You ain't going nowhere. And and I'm going to pull every kind of string that I can pull to keep you guys here on the network. And I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to start chiming in even more now because now I'm pissed. I'm going to start chiming in even more. I'm going to cut off even more segments. And... It's going to be all all trill talk. You know what I'm saying? Be pissed. And, and, oh, man. I I got something else I want to talk about. Because last week, y'all heard me with my open letter to Bray Wyatt. And... My inside people have come to me and they told me that Bray Wyatt is potentially scheduled to debut in a wrestling promotion and it ain't WWE. And I'm pissed off about that because I know that that son of a bitch Heard my open letter, 
and he disregard me? Oh, man. I'm fucking pissed, man. I'm fucking pissed. Bray Wyatt, you... Oh, let me calm down. Deep breath. Okay, I'm calm. No, fuck that, man. God damn. You God damn it. God damn, man. God damn it. You ain't cut it. Christopher Daniels, National Treasure, Inspiration to Children Everywhere, and you're listening to Pro Wrestling Shoot. All right, man. It is time to talk about AEW. Um, we haven't really talked too much AEW unless it was a pay-per-view or something like that, but I'd say it's uh, it's time. Uh, let's get it. So AEW this week was not that good. <laughs> I know that's not what everybody was expecting to hear, but it was not that great of a show. Um, the, it started out with the CM Punk stuff, as we talked about earlier. Um, C, CM Punk, man, is is getting there with these promos, but at the same time, um, he's still not quite the punk that we remember. He's doing good in the ring. Um, I, I would say that this was one of the highlights of the night. He did very good on certain things, but some of the, I don't know, some, some of the shots that they took when it came to like WWE and the whole Triple H thing were, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the only way he's going to make it is if, uh, is if Tony Khan has a daughter that he, he eventually <laughs> marries. Kind of a little um, blow, if you will. Yeah. And, you know, he's just a less famous Miz. Of course, everybody fucking popped like oh like it was just uh one of those things that you know the the wrestling fans like to hear nowadays they just like that realism okay there is no more kayfabe obviously um and in AEW I feel like uh roads to the top fucking ruined whatever kayfabe we had (laughs) (laughs) most certainly did so um yeah man I mean would you would you think about the promo did you like the promo you know what? It's something we haven't seen in a while. I mean, I've said I don't really care about the shot taking. I know many have said it. They, you know, I want to watch AW and I don't want to hear anything about WWE. Okay, totally fine. But I don't mind it because we didn't really get this back in the day. You got it, you know, reading spoilers for from WCW about, oh, Mick Foley's going to win the title. We got stuff like that. They weren't really doing promos like that back in the day, of course, like we mentioned earlier. Um, it was a higher point for Punk than the usual stuff. Um, they did, obviously, I'm pretty sure they took shots of just the thing about the way MJF started it of, you know, welcome, I'm here back, and blah, 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 or how he said, insert town town name here, insert wrestler name, you know, being all robotic. I, I do like that, that they were going off on the fan feedback in a way. Um like I can agree with it. He hasn't. Well, had MJ, that. MJF was good. So look, of course, everybody was saying that CM Punk um, owned MJF in that promo. And on the contrary, man, I feel like MJF did what MJF does best. Um, do I think it was a little long? Yes, but here's my problem with the promo, and here's my problem with AEW. They built this fucking thing up for twenty minutes to make Punk look like this 
pipe bomb dropping badass like we remember him back in WWE. And then after he supposedly owns MJF in this promo war, he proceeds to face a fucking jobber in QT Marshall and fucking wrestles him for like 20 minutes. Like, he he had a hard time beating QT Marshall. How can I, as a wrestling fan, explain this to me? How can I take that fucking seriously, man? They even How throw it see... to the promo. They even throw it to the shot of MJF saying that it, you're facing these all-caliber stars and it's taking forever to beat them. And then they yeah. simply did that. And I'm thinking, look, Big Show, sorry, not Big Show, Paul White took on um, QT Marshall. I forgot what pay-per-view it was, and... Did a beatdown in like what five minutes? Fucking and here's slap, Punk slapped him in a couple minutes. Yeah, yeah, and then that's it. And you have Punk here wrestling and ragdolling him. And for here's my 15, thing, dude. 20 why, minutes. Why? Why did we even have CM Punk in a match with QT Marshall? And why the fuck do we even have QT Marshall? Like AEW has this deep ass roster, man. So deep that a lot of these guys aren't even getting television time. Why are we giving QT Marshall fucking television time in the ring with CM Punk? Why does he need to be in this match? That's the only thing that like threw me off. As soon as I seen that promo, I was all excited like, "Oh yeah, that that was good, but you know, I still stand by what I think. Um it wasn't the greatest promo of all time. Um I do believe um what was it? The Dirt Sheets page on Facebook and and Twitter and stuff. They said this is going to be a a promo that fans remember for years. And I, I commented saying doubtful, great promo, but let's, let's be real. This, this is not one of those promos that is going to be talked about for years and years to come. It's not going to be one of those things that's, you know, millions and millions of views on YouTube, like a rock promo is, you know what I mean? It's like promos with shots, but it's not like go listen to when, Jake the Snake did promo on AEW. That was he wasn't doing those shot takings. He was just straight to the heart of how that's he because, was doing. But of course, that's Jake the Snake is a fucking. He's a pro. legend. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like the the Miz with the or Miz, uh, CM Punk with the pipe bomb dropping. You know, his thing. I mean, he kind of makes a point. I mean, I, look, I like CM Punk. I mean, that kind of put him on the map with the pipe bomb when he did it on Raw going after McMahon's. Will he get a pipe bomb in there? He might. It might take longer than we think. Is this a start where they're going with the shots? I don't mind the shots. I, you know, us wrestling fans, we, we, we get a little, we get a little crazy. I mean, fans, you know, cheered and got crazy with, with it the following week before that with Brian Dennison mentioning WrestleMania. Just one little word, and that triggered fans. Now he's now here. They just did a lot of WWE triggering. So, I know, dude. It was blow. So look, which I don't Twitter mind. Was it. I don't mind it. It's just not the promos that we like. The one you mentioned earlier with the Rock. It's not. Here's like my that thing. Nostalgia. It's not that it's a bad promo. It's not that it wasn't good television. It's that it's it's. I think it's the way that fans build this shit up to where it was the greatest fucking thing of all time. And that's where I'm just like, what are you talking about? It's like, like cheap my heat. Whole Twitter... It's like cheap heat. It's like going it's after... Cheap heat. Exactly. It... It's cheap heat. Exactly. It's cheap heat. It's cheap promos. That's I, I compare what... it to that's like... I, I compare it when a wrestler goes after a sports team town, like if it's the Lakers or the case when Elias did it with the, you know, talking smack about the Seattle Sonics. That's just the cheap thing. It was always the, it was always the thing to get fans on board. Dude, it was just it was just too much, man. Like so 
I just, my Twitter was blowing up that one time that they mentioned WrestleMania. I think it was uh, Dan O'Brien, right? Uh, last week. They mentioned uh, WrestleMania on uh, on AEW and fans fucking lost their Oh my God, he said something about WWE on TV. Dude, this isn't the first time that's happened for one. And for two, those doors were broken down years ago. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> everybody lost their shit when Sami Zayn said AEW on WWE. You remember that? I do. I mean, j- like, it was oh just like. Oh, my God. It was the greatest thing ever. No, we, it wasn't. And I'm going <laughs> to say, I mean, we, we're not going to say we're not the only ones. We, we have popped for it. I mean, when MJF brought up Bruce Pritchard on live TV, we popped for that. I mean, it, it was it cheap. It, yeah, but it got us. I'll give you what that. What I'm saying but, is, like, it, it was good. I'm not taking away from what the promo was. It was good, but people need to realize it for what it was. Like, everybody thinks that, <laughs> that all this stuff that AEW is doing is the greatest thing of all time in professional wrestling. And I'm glad that you're enjoying AEW because I'm enjoying AEW, and I enjoyed that promo. I just don't fucking get some of the things that AEW does, like – has CM Punk look like this badass on the mic and then fucking turns around and puts him in the ring with some fucking jobber like QT Marshall. I can't get over that, dude. That's uh, Anyway, dude, as soon as I seen QT Marshall, man, it was, it was just automatic reaction for me. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 I just, I can't get enough. It's just like get... when this got announced of in, uh, Punk versus QT Marshall, I'm thinking, okay, this has to be wrapped up quick, right? Maybe do some five-minute little match. He's about to win, and you have MJF take him, take him out. Interference. I know they haven't done that. Do it right there. That's the one time you can do it. Be perfectly fine. Man, so mo- moving on from this is uh, that – and I know you haven't even seen the match, dude, which is crazy that you never even watched this. But so they had a uh, eight man tag match at the end of the night that was phenomenal. I, th- there wasn't too much to talk about on the rest of Dynamite. I mean, they had this segment where, um, what was it? Dar- Dante Martin was signing a contract with uh, with Team Taz. So they had they had that thing going on, and um, Leo Rush with his little ass sitting there acting like a fucking agent, and then Dante turns on him. Bloody, bloody, blah. How do you anyway. feel about that? I did see the little snippet of that, and people were like, hey, it's kind of a swerve. That you I think it could be kind of good because Dante Martin is phenomenal in the ring. Phenomenal in the ring. Dude is just oh, yeah. out of this world fucking insane to watch. But um, I think that Taz could be a good uh, – I think he can be a good uh, mouthpiece for him. And you're going to work a good pro. You're going to work a good show with this. His tech partner is obviously on the shelf. He's been working with Leo Rush. You can do something with this where they split. And I know you. I know a lot of people are going to say, "Oh, they're splitting up a tag team." They're fantastic young stars. Dante Martin's actually getting the star power. He is. I mean, nothing oh, wrong phenomenal. with it. He's a phenomenal guy. The first time I saw Top Flight debuted on AEW, I was like, "These kids are young. They got a lot of potential." He has been busting his ass off. And for them to throw a swerve, like, you don't really see it in, in WWE. Granted, they do it here and there, but this, no one expected this. I thought, no, he's not going to go to Team Taz. They're not going to do this. And he swerved. So we'll see yeah, how this I mean, goes. Um, I didn't see it happening, but I think that, uh, I think it could be good for him, man. 
Uh, but that match, dude, you got to go back and watch that that uh, eight man tag. And everybody that's listening to this, if you're if you are not new to this podcast, you know that I am not a fan of fucking eight man tag matches or trios matches or any of that stupid bullshit. I give me a traditional tag team match, and I am perfectly happy. Once you start adding more people in the ring, it is too much. It's too cluttered, and it's too much to to watch. But lately, lately. AEW's been killing these fucking matches. Like they they've been doing a great job, um, and I'm 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 telling you right now, coming off a of Survivor Series, if we would have gotten this match, this type of match as a Survivor Series match, that shit would have blown the roof off the place, man. It was a great match, and and swerve of an ending too. You don't really see the heels um, coming out on top in these type of matches on TV, and uh, that was that that wasn't the case this time they they came out on top it was a really good match that let's talk about cody rhodes dude cody rhodes <laughs> fucking gets so much heat i feel so bad for this guy i don't know like what is going on i, I don't know if he's trying to be the john cena now or he's trying to be the run i honestly where, think that's what he's doing and that's why where the he's fans just just don't he's just like ig- he's just ignoring what they're what they're telling him and maybe or maybe he's gonna give the fans what they actually want and he will build up to that heel turn um, he says he's never gonna turn heel, bro. He fucking threw his belt out in the audience, and the fucking the audience threw that shit back, hit the ref, and the fans popped. Like I feel so bad for Cody Rhodes, man. I'm a Cody Rhodes fan, um, but even me being a Cody Rhodes fan is looking at Cody Rhodes right now and saying, "Bro, come on, dude, just give this shit up. Um, just turn on these fans and start getting into these." brawling matches like you did at the beginning of AEW with your brother Dustin at uh, Double or Nothing. Start getting into these bloody wars. But as a heel, could you imagine him and MJF back together but as heels? Of course. it's it's Fuck, He's, dude, you know, the time that when he started getting booed, I know many people are like, why the hell are they booing him? He, you know, he's putting people over. I think it's just the idea of he just always has to be on the camera. It always has to be about him. Oh, hey. Uh, my show is going to be on TBS. Oh, hey, I'm going to be on that uh, Go Big show. You know, he was just all over the place. He was just taking that Hollywood aspect, if you will. And I think that's what got to the fans. They're like, why do we have to see this guy every time? The thing that got to me all the time was debuting star, he has to be the one to feud him. Sean Spears debuted, he has to face him. Lance Archer, when he was being a monster and they kept repeating it, he's undefeated, beat him. Malachi Black. You know, people were still, like, very pissed off about it. Hell, I think people wanted to drop that storyline and just get it done with. Um, And I think he learned his lesson about throwing the belt. I'm thinking when Cena used to do this multiple times, he used to throw just a T-shirt at the crowd. Ain't going to hurt anybody. You throw a full-on belt to the crowd, and they just did ECW style on him and just tossed it back. Dude, that's crazy to me because a T-shirt is one thing, and the dude was wearing it, so he just threw it back. Fuck yeah, I don't need to keep this, you know? Throw it back. But Cody throws his weight belt that's customized. Dude, I'm keeping that. I <laughs> ain't throwing that like, back. It, it's worth it's worth multiple uh, multiple money on eBay, of course. That's probably what's going to go. Um, Hold on a second. Tell me you didn't just say that. Did you just say multiple money? Multiple money. <laughs> that is not the fucking way you say I that, know, James. I know. Um, it's just <laughs> multiple it's dollars, multiple man. That's where multiple dollars. Money. 
you know, whatever you want to take it. The fan didn't give a rat's ass and just threw it away. It's, I don't recall if Hogan ever did that with his weight belt at any point in his career and just tossing it. It's, there's certain things you can throw. Throw t-shirts, throw anything in the crowd, but a weight belt, you're just going to, I mean, he almost, someone almost got hit or someone did get hit with this. Yeah, the ref. Um, <laughs> it's just. Cody, I, I mean, if he's, I'm pretty sure he's building it up. They kept teasing of him and Arn Anderson breaking up, and then never happened. And eventually, beat Malachi Black, which I'm still kind of like, come on, you need to drop this. What's the problem if you lose all three? It's not going to hurt you. you, you know. The whole thing of him saying, "I'm not turning heel. I'm not challenging for the title, dude." It's gonna, you're practically kissing the fans' ass. I hate to say it. You don't want to be a Triple H copy. He doesn't need to do this. Like that's that's the whole point. Is he's better than that? Why? Why I mention? Never, look, I look. Your family is precious. Like, I need. You know, yeah, um, congrats ahead. for your kid and all that. I don't need to hear this on AEW television. Leave it for your reality show. That's the thing. Like, they don't need to bring that in there. Like, I don't think Cena really had it up there. Yeah, he got booed for obviously the same. The you know the five moves of doom. Okay, that's really the only thing he got booed for. He wasn't always on TV doing this like Cody. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of a different to me. It feels a little more different with Cody. I like Cody. Don't get me wrong, outstanding wrestler. It's just keep your reality side out of it. Do your normal promos, which you had awesome promos. Leave your family stuff on the side, brandy and whatnot. Leave them on the side. Focus on the ring. Focus on everything else. Just, just cut the whole thing. You're not. You, you're putting it. You're the face of AEW. Granted, you are. You put your stamping point that you created AEW along with Tony Khan and all them. And I, you know, I thank you for that. But the whole reality star stuff, being he's practically turning to Hollywood, in my opinion. <sighs> yeah, I I don't agree with that. <laughs> I think that Cody Rhodes is fucking awesome, man. And but but I also I I do agree with one thing, man. He doesn't need to stay babyface. I don't know what this is uh, uh what this thing is with these wrestlers that like they have to be babyfaces. Like John Cena, I got I get John Cena's thing because John Cena you know what I mean? Has all these charitable things going on in his life and he does everything with, you know, make a wish foundation to whatever, you know, uh, you know, Connor's cure, all that stuff. I get that. But Cody Rhodes is not in that position and he's, he's never been as big of as, as a John Cena or, or somebody like the rock or anything like that, but he puts himself in that position. And I think that's what hurts his character at the end of the day. Um, I love Cody Rhodes in ring, and I think that he can cut a hell of a promo too. Uh, I think that he brings that classic wrestling is which is what I long for. Um, I'm you know I love all all of the you know high spots and stuff that AEW does, but it's good to get that refreshing wrestling <laughs> that I grew up watching. I like watching that shit, that technical stuff, or even just that brawler stuff. It's it's fun to watch, man, but. I think we've dove a little bit uh, too far on AEW today. We'll uh, you guys let us know on our on our uh, social media accounts, man. What you guys think of all of this? I know that you know my my opinion of the CM Punk promo will probably not thrill as as many of you, <laughs> but um, 
tough shit, man. I, I'm allowed to think whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> That's the great thing about like wrestling. It, nobody hates wrestling as much as wrestling fans. And I heard that quote today and, uh, I've seen it multiple times from other people and it's true, man. <laughs> uh, but then again, nobody loves AEW as much as AEW marks. Of course. <laughs> so, let me let me throw one more thing about the Cody line, ahead. like you mentioned. Cody, you're not being held down like how Cena. He he has stated multiple times he wanted to go heel, but the merchandise and the sales were just going his way. You can't turn it. Would kids buy it? Probably not anymore. You're not in that situation. Tony's not holding you accountable. You can probably change when you want. You practically are like. I mean, you built the you built AEW with Tony. You can have a talk with him, and Tony would be freely and say, "Yeah, you can go heel, go ahead." And I don't know why he's just doing this. He, I think this has to be the final straw for him. Like, hey, the the fans have been booing me for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. They just threw your weight belt back to you, so that's all I gotta drop it off with. You're not in this situation like Cena. You can change your move set. You don't have to mimic it, and that's maybe he's just dragging to it, and maybe wants to be a face for his whole entire time being. It's just like how it was on 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 heel on stars. That was just yeah. the same similar thing. Yeah, that's. I feel like it's the same situation too. <laughs> same situation is uh, is uh, what Ace Spade, right? <laughs> Ace Spade. Yeah, Ace. Cody, Cody Rhodes is the ace spade of AEW. All right, guys, uh, you enjoy the rest of the show, and here comes What If. Hello? Yo. Yo, man, this whole thing with Trill Talk, this shit needs to get, we need to get to the bottom. This shit is just well, so. Yeah, I know, man. That's why I was calling you, so. Did you did you hear that shit? Did you hear it back? You fuck cut off the fucking dirt again, this man. This is the like, second time with this bullshit. Like the the network needs to quit goofing around. They came after us. Now they're now they're going with this guy. What what the hell is going on? This is just I I don't know, dude. We've already agreed to give them his own segment. Like I I, I don't understand. You know I I understand they're paying us still. You know we're still technically under contract with them, but. Um, we have agreed to a, you know, an off deal to, to where we are able to, to be a little more independent. We can do our own things on the outside, but when it comes to the show, they're still producing this shit and it's pissing me off, man. Like I, they could have at least let us finish our segment and then put his segment next. I, I don't, I don't get this shit. Why do they keep cutting us off? I don't know, man. It's just, it's just so irritating. He's just like, I'm here busting my ass off, and they cut me off for this flake that hasn't been here for so long. And all of a sudden, they're giving him all the attention. What kind of bullshit is that? Well, they called me the other day, too, and they're telling me that we have to sell Trill Talk t-shirts at Roseland. And Roseland has nothing to do with this fucking network. Like, they have nothing to do with them. We we did this like we put this on. I'm not fucking selling his T-shirts at Roseland. Ain't no one gonna buy that bullshit anyways. As much as they keep telling us that there's feedback for him, I ain't buying it. I didn't. They're not gonna. Bu- they're not gonna buy into a guy that shit talks the independent wrestling scene, and we're selling his T-shirts at the independents. I don't think the network understands what the fuck he's doing. Well, they can send us shirts in the mail. Don't get me wrong. Go ahead. They're just gonna be used as toilet paper. So I need actually need a couple of rolls. Well, we're going to have to do something, man. I I mean, we, we've been friends with this guy for a long time. I don't know what his fucking deal is, but 
how do, how do you feel about taking a road trip? Mm, that's fine. Let's go get this motherfucker. I'm tired of this shit. We need to settle this shit now in person. Tired of. I will find out where he's holding his live trail talks, and uh, we will we will we will make something work out, man. Yeah, we'll go, we'll go get this rusty asshole. All right, dude. Well, I just wanted to call him vent, man. Thanks. Uh, I'll I'll talk to you here in a little bit. Yep, I'll be on my way. All right, peace. Yep. wrestling's most notorious incidents, the curtain call, the MSG incident. This incident occurred at a time when World Wrestling Entertainment, then the World Wrestling Federation, was just ending its friendly family phase. It was entering a new chapter that became known as the Attitude Era. It involved four of wrestling's most popular superstars of all time, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall. At a WWE house show in the famed Madison Square Garden, May 19, 1996, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were appearing in their final matches as WWE superstars. Nash, as Persona Diesel, wrestled WWE's champion Shawn Michaels in the main event. Hall, as the Persona Razor Ramon, wrestled Hunter Hearst Helmsley earlier in that night. After the Diesel Michaels match, wrestling fans were not at all shocked when Razor Ramon entered the ring and hugged Shawn Michaels. The two babyfaces were huge fans' favorites, so the crowd was on its feet. Shortly after, Helmsley entered the ring and he hugged both Michaels and Ramon. Diesel joined the other wrestlers in a long group hug. Then the four turned to the crowd with their arms raised together. There was a mixed reaction. Fans raged from ecstatic to confused. This final bow, known as the curtain call, forever changed the face of professional wrestling. WWE upper management were flabbergasted when they saw what had went down. Traditionally, the images of babyface and heels were always protected inside and outside of the wrestling ring. These four superstars had destroyed that same illusion for many wrestling fans. WWE Chairman and CEO Vince McMahon was left shaking his head. With this, Hall and Nash were on their way to Ted Turner's World Championship Wrestling. The WWE was about to be turned on its ear. Fan footage of the event surfaced, but the WWE was able to obtain this footage and use it in a storyline that paved the way for the birth of the Degeneration X. This was one of the most, if not the most, controversial wrestling stables of all time. Michaels and Helmsley used that same footage to get under the skin of McMahon. Michaels, who became WWE Champion and the company's biggest ticket draw at the time, was exempt from punishment from his part in the incident. Hall and Nash were gone to WCW, where they propelled into superstardom. As a result, the WWE suffered in the ratings. Helmsley became the target of McMahon's wrath. He was slated to win the 1996 King of the Ring Tournament, he was also slated to wrestle some of the company's top talent. Instead, he wrestled in the mid-card against some forgettable characters. In some awful matches, he did not win a single title until five months later when he won the WWE Intercontinental Championship. This was a slight setback for Triple H, but it did not stop him from becoming a major player in the WWE. 
He, along with Michaels, gave the WWE a much-needed facelift to combat World Championship Wrestling's edgier storylines by upping the ante with the antics of D-Generation X. The events that took place on that night will always be remembered by fans as a reminder that the line between reality and fantasy is extremely thin. They will also know that same line can be crossed at any time. Today we are going to take a look and dive deep into what that reality might have looked like if the curtain call had never happened. What happened if Triple H won the King of the Ring 1996? What if? What if? Man, we have been waiting for this for a long, long time, man. It's been weeks, weeks on end that I've been promoting this, and we are finally here for the What If series. What if Hunter Hearst Helmsley won the King of the Ring 1996? James, what do you think about this? Dude, it's an important topic to wrestling. I mean, there's so much that gets breaking down about this. What if Triple H, Hunter Hurst Hemsley won King of the Ring? Would Austin be Austin 316? Will we have that nowadays? Will we even get Austin versus Rock? There's so much you can dissect from this. You can. There's so many ways to look at this. It, it's crazy. Would DX be a thing? Would Steve Austin and Rock, would that ever even happen? Attitude Era. There's. There's so much that was taken away for this that in a way it was a positiveness if you think about it um the curtain call caused all this what if they let it go by and just let it go by and Hunter Surf Hembley won King of the Ring it's crazy to think that this important piece of wrestling got started just because of one incident that happened in the middle of a ring yeah and as we broke it down um on the intro to this um yeah you're right it all happened at that curtain call man that curtain call incident what if the the curtain call never happened we would have gotten that hunter hearst helmsley push for 1996 thus him becoming the king of the ring winner thus austin 316 is never born and um there's there's so many situations that that can arise from that man, starting with uh, obviously his 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 push to um, becoming the Intercontinental Champion. Um, that was that was the first push for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, we wouldn't have gotten to see a a feud between him and Owen Hart. Uh, maybe Stone Cold would have never broken his neck. Maybe he would have never been. Um, in this situation to where he is retired today because of all the bumps and bruises that he got. Um, but then again, maybe he wouldn't have gotten those bumps and bruises. Maybe he would have never gotten that that spotlight to shine like he did on King of the Ring 1996 when it put a little twinkle in uh, Vince McMahon's eye <laughs> and he's seen dollar signs everywhere. Um there's lots of things, man. It not only would have, have changed Stone Cold's career, but it possibly could have changed everything. It could have changed Hunter Hearst Helmsley's career. I mean, I, I I feel like Hunter Hearst Helmsley would have still became Triple H eventually. 
but I don't think that uh, with without Stone Cold Steve Austin, we would have been seeing Triple H on Monday Night Raw. Maybe uh, Triple H would have been the the reason for WCW winning the Monday Night Wars. It can get as deep as that, man. Um, I do believe that Stone Cold ushered in that new era of attitude with that promo. And that's another thing too, man, is maybe we didn't even get an attitude era. Maybe there's no attitude era to combat WCW's more realistic storylines or um, real-life-based characters. Um, it's just uh, there's nothing to fight for there. I love Triple H, and as, as big as he was you know, as a, as a star, I don't think that he could have carried the company during those, those tough times the way that Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock did. And without Stone Cold doing that Austin 316 promo... Maybe we don't get uh, Stone Cold versus The Rock or even that infamous match with uh, Stone Cold versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania. Yeah, the original plans from what I heard, it was supposed to be Triple H versus Bret possibly instead of Stone Cold versus Bret. We don't know where, where Steve would have been. Would Steve ever just, would have Steve just left? Would he maybe transpire to Stone Cold eventually later? Would the promo have been as featured big time if he never did it? Would it have been done at a different time, like on a Raw or some other pay-per-view and some compatibility? Would even Triple H be even married to Stephanie? That That's another big one I was thinking of. Would that have even ever happened? Would they have been close to him and Vince? Um, the one that I got to go back to is DX. We would have never had DX in a way if, if, he, if it would have went the if he would have won King of the Ring. You don't um, think so? You don't think don't, that DX would have happened? So. I really don't think so. And the only reason this started because him and Sean were very upset at the company ways. Sean obviously had his reasons. Um, you would have never got Triple H and uh, Triple H and Austin and would Mike Tyson even get involved into the match? You, you probably, you possibly would have never had that even happen. Would, would Tyson even come into the mix in the first place? Um, yeah, I don't know, man, because that's a big fight fun, uh, money feel. And because Stone Cold ushered in that attitude era with um, that drinking beer and flipping people off and stuff like that, he kind of gave everybody that Mike Tyson attitude that I'm going to knock a motherfucker out. You know what I mean? And I don't think that uh, WWE would have called in Mike Tyson. Uh, Mike Tyson was a huge Stone Cold Steve Austin fan. So who would he have been a fan of? If, I don't think he would have came in. Let me yeah, retract my statement. I meant, yeah, Triple H versus Sean for the title, not, not what I said earlier. But um, yeah, I don't think I don't think uh, Mike Tyson would have been involved. I mean, you think biggest, that it would have led, maybe, possibly, to Triple H versus Sean Michaels for that title? Do you think that that King of the Ring push would have gotten him that know, far? It could have. It could have got him to that far. I mean, you didn't have DX. You would have never had DX. I mean, when you watch wrestling nowadays, you do at least see one at least Stone Cold Skull in the crowd. I don't think. It, oh, yeah. I don't think. I don't think it would have been that high. We don't even know what Stone Cold would have done. Would he have gone back to W or ECW and go back? Would he just be known as the Ringmaster forever? Well, it, fun it, fact, man. Even even though that Triple H did not win the King of the Ring. In 1996, thank God uh, we we got what we got. 
some fun facts about Triple H is um, he, he was a five-time Intercontinental Champion, a three-time World Tag Team Champion. Um, and he's he's had the he, he even unified the WWE Tag Team Championships at once at one time. Um, he's a two-time European Champion and a 14-time WWE Champion, which is phenomenal stats without winning that King of the Ring. So if 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 we would have gotten Triple H versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 14 instead of uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Shawn Michaels. Um, how interesting would it have been to see Hunter Hearst Helmsley, not Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley as the WWE champion rocking the winged eagle? Yeah, and Shawn already had his issues with the company. Would he have left? Because regardless at the time, he was going to leave anyways whether he was going to retain the title or not, would he have stayed if he fought Hunter for the title and dropped it? Um, it, it? See how it's just so crazy? You can, this what if segment for multiple weeks we're going to have, this is what I, this is what I enjoy because there's just so much history on the line that could have been changed here. DX is a big one. Who, you would not so, see DX, glow sticks, DX, t-shirts, signs. You would have probably not gotten that. Uh, glow sticks DX suck though. <laughs> so what, uh, what here's some fantasy booking for you, man, as Hunter Hearst Helmsley, you know what I mean? Winning that match that you brought up at WrestleMania 14 against Shawn Michaels, no DX in, in the picture. Okay. No DX. Um, think about some of the characters that we had coming up, um, which possibly could have changed as well. I don't, I don't believe, I think that, Stone Cold being Stone Cold didn't make The Rock The Rock. Do you get what I'm saying? Those two just complimented each other, and The Rock came out on his own and, and did his thing. Could you imagine a a Hunter Hearst Helmsley versus a young Rocky Maivia, possibly, for the Winged Eagle title? Or even even this, man. If he won the, the WWE title at WrestleMania 14 against Shawn Michaels, would we have gotten a big eagle? Would it, would it have been a, a change of the belts? Would it because there would have been no attitude error? There would this would have been completely different. Um, it's kind of weird to think about, man. Who who would you have liked to see Triple H face as Hunter Hearst Helmsley? Sorry, I'm not going to say Triple H because that's not what we would have gotten this this close. I mean, he was st- still Hunter Hearst Helmsley and even in DX at this time. So Hunter Hearst Helmsley as a top dog taking the place of Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, and uh, the likes of Diesel as he had left to WCW. Who who would who would be a good contender for that title? Would Maybe we would have gotten an Owen run. Do you think we would have gotten an Owen run? Or would they have just left that on the side as well? You could have done Bret, maybe Bret versus Owen, I mean, for the title. Um, no, I'm talking about with, with Hunter Hearst Helmsley on top. Who would face Hunter Hearst Helmsley in that spot? I mean, Brett would be if he if he'd already went through Bret Hart, and he got the same push that Stone Cold Steve Austin got, and he went through Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13, did his feud with that, went on to face Shawn Michaels. Who would be next? I think you got to go with Owen. Um, Psycho Psycho Sid had some relevance at the time. Um, you had Taker, Kane, Mankind as well. There's just so many prolific wrestlers that you could have done with this instead you got stone cold 
you know, the famous one is Stone say, Cold versus Brett. You say that so bored. Instead, you got Stone Cold. Like, <laughs> the greatest I mean, fucking thing that ever the happened. Greatest, he's the greatest wrestling. thing. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's just so... Like, this is history-making, that if Stone Cold... I mean, how would wrestling be? Would we have the Attitude Era? You would have never got all this... I don't think we would have been... We would have probably never gotten into the Ruthless Aggression era. To the time. What about maybe by. maybe he would have gotten an Undertaker face-off? You know what? All this, all this fantasy booking, you know, with Hunter Hearst Helmsley... I, I, I still can't help but think that even if Hunter Hearst Helmsley won that King of the Ring 1996, I don't think that he was ready for Vince McMahon to see him as a star. I, what do you I, think? I don't think he was ready yet. They had him prolifically fight, uh, I think it was Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania. I can't recall the number. And he got squashed. And he got squashed. And he wasn't ready. I mean, he botched his first pedigree that I can recall. It's I don't think he was up up, up there. I really don't think so. I think it's just what's. I don't think he was going to be ready. For all I know, we don't know if it was going to be big enough to draw in. Like I mentioned earlier, Mike Tyson and facing off Sean. I mean, Sean was already the big star, as is. It would have probably been years down the road until maybe Hunter transferred into Triple H and got into his where he is nowadays. Um, yeah, I don't. I still think that like you know, it's fun to talk about like. Hunter Hearst Helmsley possibly getting that WrestleMania match against Shawn Michaels, but I don't think that that would have. <laughs> I don't think that that would have happened. It, it could have. Don't get me wrong, because Shawn had a lot of stroke back then, and maybe he would have said, "Hey, I want to pass this title to my brother." You know what I mean? And he was that close with him, but I just don't see Hunter Hearst Helmsley at the time being a star like a Stone Cold was. As soon as he hit that, you know, Austin three sixteen says, "I just whipped your ass." That just ushered in a whole new, a whole new thought process in Vince McMahon's mind. I guarantee it. And and going back to Stone Cold Steve Austin, man. Fun facts about him as well. He's a six-time WWF champion, two-time WWF Intercontinental champion, and a four-time WWF Tag Team champion. And also, we can't forget about the infamous Million Dollar Champion. So Stone Cold has held his fair share of titles, but nowhere near is successful as what Hunter Hearst Helmsley became later on in life, uh, holding all the titles. Now you can say it's because he married the boss's daughter. I'm going to say it's because Stone Cold had to retire early. Um, I I do believe Stone Cold Steve Austin would have held that title a lot longer if he would have stuck around. Um, going back to Steve Austin, man, I mean, at that moment, if, if, there, if Hunter Hearst Helmsley would have won that king of the ring, what's next for Stone Cold? Or are, are we, I mean, we're, we're already done with um the the ring what is it the ringmaster is that what his name was yes so we're already done yeah. with that area he, uh, that era he's already stone cold steve austin um but he's in this tournament he's facing people like Sa- uh Savio Vega and he's facing um you know Jake the Snake Roberts and stuff like that so if he would have lost any of these matches and and Hunter Hearst Helmsley would have been the victor in this would it have been Stone Cold Steve Austin versus the Ultimate Warrior? <laughs> it could have been. See, that's it, that it, and who knows how that been? Would he got squashed? How would he have looked? It's just something about Steve, like you said, the accompanies the Rock's performance. You know, they one up each other, and it just works out perfectly. Hunter, I don't know if it would have worked. 
you could even go down to the evasion angle as well. There could have been plenty of ways to go with this. Would Hunter even join Vince McMahon or the corporation in 2000 and said we got the other direction? It's You can go down years down the road with this. Um, I don't know where they would have put Steven, and I don't know what they would have put Hunter. They probably would have been on the same boat. Yeah, he would have maybe won if, if he originally was scheduled to win came the ring. I don't think they would have gave him a problem in the high spot yet. I don't think he was ready yet. I don't think Vince thought it either. And it's just something about Steve and just like just the voicing, his look, just like a just a complete. He just had package. that age factor, man. He, he had was like that. A, he was like at the time the next rock in a way. That's how it wrapped up perfectly. You still have debates to the nowadays who's the top wrestler, Austin or Steve. I don't think Hunter. You it, mean Austin or The Rock? Yes, Austin or The Rock. Um, it's just. It's tough, man. It's, it's tough, tough because they were both entertaining down. in their own way, and they were both their own characters. So that's what what made them. They were great, the power dude. sellers. Like, that's the thing. They were the power sellers. Merchandise. You would you even had what chance? in the crowd would you just just um well that's the thing is i don't think that um we would have so because jake the snake roberts was doing that promo about uh well not promo it was promos he so he was doing that uh bible lover gimmick and quoting all the bible verses and stuff like that that gave stone cold steve austin the ammunition to use that bible verse which is the most famous uh, Bible verse in the Bible. I mean, everybody knows John 3.16. That's what Stone Cold Steve Austin got out of that, man. He said Austin 3.16. And uh, and that was just straight off the hip, man. That That was him shooting. That was him being him. There was no scripted promo about that. That's what made him was just that one saying. And the next night, we have a whole crowd full of Austin 3.16 signs. Yeah, and, and thus the Attitude Era was born. You would have not have got a promo like that from Hunter, not whatsoever. And I think the thing that got him up there was DX. If DX never formed, there would have been no alliance with Sean and Triple H. We would have never got the likes of the New Age Outlaws, even the X Pac. So I don't much, think the so money, much great stuff in the Attitude. The era. money. I mean, if you think about it, the money maker, of course, is obvious. Rock and Austin or Rock and Triple H. Obviously, you're going to go Rock and Austin. That was the bigger one. That was the one that was going to bring the money, put asses in the seats. Yes, Triple H and the, and the Rock. Of course, they put asses in the seats, but the bigger bigger one was Rock and Austin. Yeah, we um, got the Rock versus Austin at what? Three WrestleManias, right? Yeah, that's how big it was. Yeah, that's so how big three it WrestleManias was. and all three WrestleManias killed it, man. Every single match that they'd had. Uh, was phenomenal. I mean, their first match, I think, is probably going to go down in the history books as probably their greatest, which was which one? Uh, WrestleMania fifteen or sixteen? I think it was. F- I think it was fifteen, but don't count me. So on that fifteen, one. two years later at seventeen, and then another two years later at nineteen. I believe that. I believe you're correct on that. It's they're they're the most two perfect, two terrific wrestlers that by by far the most iconic ones of all time. It's. I don't think Triple H would have had at the time. I don't think he would have been because he would have been scheduled to be the babyface during the Attitude Era. Maybe try to go through all the way to the Ruthless Aggression Era. Would have lived up to the height of Austin. I don't believe so. 
I don't believe. Nah, so. man. I I don't I don't think that he would have reached Austin's uh, level. Like I said, man. Uh, if Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley would have won that King in the Ring 1996, I don't think that he would have had that spark that Vince McMahon was looking for. Because I do believe Vince McMahon was looking for something different at this era. And then when Stone Cold re- released that promo of Austin 316, that's when it all clicked for him. They were already getting a little edgier, but not much. We still had the red, white, and blue. It was still the red, white, and blue era ropes. And you know what I mean? We were still coming off that like very cartoonish um, dumpster fire that <laughs> that um, <laughs> was right after the, the golden era. But, you know, we, we ended up getting the attitude era and it was all because of Stone Cold Steve Austin in that promo and because of D-Generation X. It was a little bit of everything. The fans booing Bret Hart in in the USA and then him getting cheered in Canada. When do you see that in wrestling today? Is that like, it doesn't even matter if you're in your hometown. If you're a heel, you're a heel and you're getting booed. Or if the fans don't like you, it doesn't matter. But Bret Hart had so much respect in Canada that he went over to Canada and he was cheered and he was praised as compared to when he was in America, he was booed out the fucking building. That is... That is classic, man. But you wouldn't have gotten any of these any of these great matches that we had seen Stone Cold leading up to that, man. Just just his matches with Owen Hart and and with uh Bret Hart alone. You know what I mean? Those phenomenal matches are what built Stone Cold Steve Austin to to doing what he was doing. And here's another thing, man. We would we have seen Vince McMahon be a character on TV. And the way that he was when it was Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Vince McMahon, employee versus boss, who, if Stone Cold didn't get that role, it sure as fuck isn't going to Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Would that have ever happened? I don't believe it would have. Just like I mentioned, I don't think they would have done the thing and storyline with him and Stephanie get married. We don't know if Triple H would have been in the situation of being a CEO backstage and being at this high rate. Without, I mean, Sean would have, do I even think that Sean would have came back? I really don't believe so. I don't believe Sean would ever came back unless DX was a thing. And DX is a prolific thing. It's one of the most iconic stables in professional wrestling. They were featured in the best vignettes, best promos, everything you can do. DX just added the element with Austin. It just was just like, all right, we're going to give you Austin 316. Let's just add on, you know, DX. They were just being doing skits. They were just breaking the rules. They invaded WCW. You probably would have never had that. Absolutely, man. DX is a very... so, so So many possibilities that you can dig down this rabbit hole. That's why I wanted to start this series. Just to kind of talk about situations that we all loved that could have possibly been erased if one moment hadn't happened in time, you know, (laughs) gotta love this timeline, man. But next week we guys are, we're going to give you guys a chance to, uh, dig into another episode of what if, which is what if Kurt signed with ECW wrestling instead of WWE at the time, you guys are going to get that opportunity and that chance to to think about everything that we had just said. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! 
and that's going to be next week. This has been a fun time, man. There's so many more stories that we're going to be talking about and digging into deep. Um, I hope this was good for you guys. It was fun for me. Um, I, I get, you know, I have a lot of fun talking about current day wrestling, but my heart lies in the nineties, man, in the early two thousands. And, and if I can dig some of these moments up and, uh, it's great to co- collaborate, collaborate with a, a Marvel themed thing because everybody knows I'm a Marvel junkie. So, uh, when I got the opportunity to think of what if, uh, even though the what if show kind of sucked, uh, we're going to try to make it a little better and put a little wrestling twist on it. Um, did you have fun talking about this today, James? I did. It's it's just like revolutionary of Austin 316 and the promo work. And if this happened, there's so much things like, dude, it's just crazy. No DX, no Vince McMahon on screen. The Rock and Triple H being the star power. What would Austin be doing? Would Austin going back to this company? It's, it's, it's just like how I said, there's so much possibilities. There's so many ways you can go with this. The next one, of course, Kurt going to ECW, possibly. Of course, years down the road, he eventually did, but it was a different different story at the time. It's um, This is a fun topic, fun segment to go through. What if and professional wrestling mixed in is just a very, a very good collaboration. Like we mentioned, The Rock and Steve Austin, they just pair up so nicely. This is another thing that I would put together in the same situation. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's it's going to be a fun situation to talk about. We got lots of fun stories to talk about, man. Um, the first four episodes are jam-packed alone. Next week, obviously, we're going to do what if Kurt Angle signed with the ECW. The following week, we're going to do what if uh, WCW had won the Monday Night War, which we kind of dug a little bit into here. Not much, just gave you a snippet of it. And then uh, the fourth episode will be what if Hulk Hogan never joined the NWO? What if he wasn't the third man? So we'll we'll dig into those four. Um, I'm I'm excited, dude. It's it's been a lot a lot of fun for me, guys. We are also on YouTube. That you, we got a video up on YouTube right now that you haven't got to listen to on this particular show. We are doing exclusive videos over there. So we got a we got a w, uh, we got a video over there talking about AEW's roster and how deep it is. The video is entitled "Is AEW's Roster Too Deep." And we're going to get into that and we talk about the situation with Brian Cage and everything going on with him and how he's not getting TV time and how possibly um, the rest of the roster will be going through the same troubles (laughs) here soon with all these uh, WWE releases and AEW picking up everybody. Fun topics, guys, go over there at uh, on YouTube, follow the pro wrestling shoot, subscribe to us, check out our videos and uh, leave a comment like. Uh, get us out in the ether, man. We want to build up our uh, subscribers over there. And to all of our day one listeners over here on our audio podcasts, uh, thank you so much for sticking with us. We're getting closer and closer to Roseland. Uh, I can't wait to sponsor this. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying everything that we're doing. Um, I understand we have uh, somebody on our show, um, Chris Williams, that does Trill Talk over here, um, even though he's kind of a piece of shit. I hope you're enjoying that, too, because technically it is a part of our show, even though uh, it is against uh, mine and James's will. But And hopefully he didn't fucking interrupt the dirt again this week. Um, yeah, let's just scratch next week's episode and just say, what if Chris Williams wasn't here? 
the pro wrestling shoot would be a much better place. Amen. Anyway, uh, yeah, guys, follow us on our Facebook and Instagrams at the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Follow us on Twitter at TPWS Podcast. And you can also go to our drum link at uh, HTTPS uh, forward slash forward slash drum dot IO slash the Pro Wrestling Shoot. We got two of our merch stores over there. We got our T Public store and our Brain Buster Tees store. We are going to be releasing more and more merchandise. Uh, we're trying to just put some fashion into wrestling man <laughs> so if you guys like our designs go check them out let us know what you think if there's um anything that we, we you want us to improve on please just let us know uh we love criticism we love feedback um i'm excited that we started this season three um it's going to be an exciting 14 weeks uh well now 13 weeks um i know some fa- uh, listeners are not happy that we are not doing watch alongs anymore, but let me assure you that they will be back in some form or fashion. We may do some bonus episodes as well on the side to where we're just doing watch alongs, um, which will be fun. So just uh, stick around for that. And uh, if you guys want bonus episodes, just let us know, man, we're here to put in the work as for uh, Roseland. Like I said, if we sell out these tickets, uh, we will be doing a t-shirt giveaway. And and to enter that, you have to purchase a Roseland ticket. So if you're in the Pacific Northwest area and you're listening to this, if you have a Roseland ticket, you are eligible for this t-shirt giveaway because we will hand you the t-shirt personally at Roseland too when we're there. Um, So once the seats uh, sell out, we will let you know how to enter this contest. And one of the stipulations is you have to have a Roseland ticket uh, the other stipulations are to be determined. We will let you know, but it's going to be something very small and something easy to do. Maybe sharing our podcast with a friend, you know what I mean, and showing proof of proof of that or proof of you listening to a certain episode or uh, following our social medias or following our YouTube. It's some, something easy to get, get us a little bit of help and also help out Prestige Wrestling, giving them a little bit of incentive to uh, sell out these tickets. We're already about... 600 and about 680 people that are going to this James uh it's getting 680 people I believe and there's gonna be more going uh, I think at yeah. one point we said almost it might be a thousand it's so just- we only have three seat tickets left so if there's three seat tickets left we still have standing room only so you can still buy a ticket to Roseland after these three seats are gone but it's just going to be standing room only. You can pack a thousand people in this venue. So that just goes ahead uh, to let you know how many people are going to be in here. So if we have about 700 tickets that are sold just for seats, then uh, yeah, we're, we got about 300 uh, standing room only. (laughs) So it's going to be a packed house, man. Uh, I I can't wait to, (laughs) I can't wait for this to already be over, dude. Um, I, I'm excited to go and meet some of the wrestlers and interact with some of our listeners and uh, meet some new people, you know what I mean? Hand out business cards, sell some merch, um, shake hands and kiss babies. What do you think, James? Yep, and then just throw the ideas and just even throw, throw it out there, like the what if stuff. Hey, what if you didn't go to Rosalind 2? What if Rosalind 3 and 4 and 5 happened? What if? just Oh, they will happen, <laughs> no, I trust me, they it. will. Trust me, they will. <laughs> the way they're stacking this card... Seven brilliant matches. I can't wait. I'm expecting more. I'm expecting more pr- surprises. And uh, check it out. Check us out, guys. Christmas is around the corner, so you know there's some wrestling fans in your family. We got the right merch for you. 
Absolutely. And on that note, I'm Jesse Carter. He's James Pinard Jr. And you guys have a fantastic week. Peace. This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Here we go again. This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Hey, what's up? This is your host, Jesse Carter. Pro Wrestling Shoot. It's about to get exciting. Pro Wrestling